0: Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I, I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are Everyone Church, a new church plant, and we've just moved to fortnightly in-person services, and when we have in-person church, I record a special podcast-only version of the Sunday Sermon for those who may have missed out. Big shout-out to everybody who gathered with us, and a special shout-out to a couple people in our church who couldn't make it because they were on COVID isolation. We missed you. We love you. Hope you're doing well and I hope you enjoy this podcast version of the sermon. We might even turn it into like a full-on radio show. Start doing secret sounds, giveaways. You never know. I'm just kidding. Uh, less, uh, sorry if that disappointed you. But last year, we uh, started our first online services in June. Uh, just over a year ago. And when we started, uh, we shared on our values. Uh, These are like four core values that Maria and I laid out as foundations and boundary lines for us as a church plant. And over the next number of in-person service weeks, so every fortnight, uh, we wanted to revisit these for a few reasons. One is we never really got to share them in person although we've we've shared about them obviously but we never really got to share the original kind of this is what we value series in person so i think that's kind of significant but also we have so many new people there's so much of our church uh, we're not there in june last year uh, and also dynamics changed context changed we're in a uh, we're, we're meeting fortnightly we've got connect groups we've got worship team kids all things all these things have changed and we want to keep what we value at the forefront Uh, And we love every person and family that has joined in the journey of Everyone Church, and especially people who have really made the decision to call Everyone Church their home church which is just awesome uh, for Maria and I. What a privilege. You know, even as we uh, gather together, it's like, man, this is really feeling like home more and more as time goes on. And I believe we are building a strong foundation for the future, for, for you, for your family, for our church and our community. And uh, we also want to reshare these values because although the church belongs to Jesus and has foundational beliefs that will never change, many local churches carry with them a unique DNA. And it's in that DNA we find their culture, what they value. And it's where the big church, you know, the big, big global church becomes the local church. And we are a local church, man. I, Maria and I are passionate about the local church, a faith community that exists within a community. You know, before we can dream about world domination, hey, how about we, we, we dream about impacting the local community that we have been planted in? And uh, we exist in a local context. You know, some churches value large events, others small groups, others value uh, and put an emphasis on... A worship experience or guest speakers, And none of these things are, are 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 inherently bad or anything like that. And but we wanted to share what we value as a church going forward, and we aren't necessarily aiming to talk about doctrines here. Although you will find many core doctrines in our values, uh, and if you want to know anything about our core beliefs, there's a list of them on our website. And of course, ask. We we always get questions from people. The most common one, surprisingly. Uh, Well, not surprisingly, I guess, is what do you believe about end times? Uh, Which always kind of makes me chuckle because we have a very simple end times belief, and that is Jesus said, no one will know. And also he said, the gospel will be preached in all the world and then the end will come. So let's focus on our job, sharing the gospel, and let's not worry too much about Russia and all this kind of crazy stuff that can just become a huge distraction. Anyway... But the question we are focusing on answering over these number of weeks is, what do we hold in high regard? So we want to start with the first one, the very first one. And that is, and it's the the most important, we're probably going to say this every every value we share, but this one is so, so important. And that is at every one church, we follow Jesus. We follow Him. We pursue Him, His Word, His will, His glory. Everyone church is and always will be about Jesus and our pursuit of him. If we want to bring Jesus to everyone everywhere, which is our vision and our dream, it must start with me and you. It's got to start with bringing Jesus to me, to my family, to my home, bringing Jesus to you and your family and your home. And it's it's about us knowing him, walking with him, loving him. You know, we don't follow personalities or trends. We follow Jesus. Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do you know Jesus today? Does Jesus know you? Of course, he is God, and he knows everyone and everything. But I think you know what I'm trying to say here. Are you following him? Are you pursuing him? You know, in Jesus' day, the ancient Jewish rabbis would have their followers or their disciples following them around everywhere they went. And it was more than just learning from them. It was about imitating them. In fact, ancient Jews had a famous saying that if you were to find a good rabbi, they would say, cover yourself in the dust of his feet and drink in his words thirstily that was the, the the saying around that time and now following him around so close picture this with me you know you're following a rabbi so close that as he flicks up dust as he's walking it lands on you that this is this is the, the 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 picture that that saying is insinuating you know a very strong and committed standard that you would be covered in the dust of the rabbi you're following now or even think about how Jesus calls himself the shepherd You know, sheep stay close to a shepherd, and shepherds smell like sheep. Jesus wants to walk closely with you. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Our son, Elliot, a couple years ago, you know, when kids are in that kind of terrible twos phase, they always go through these couple of weeks where they're fixated on a certain game or activity. And uh, Elliot used to do this thing where he'd stand around the house. He'd just stop and he would stand there and he would say, "All aboard the train!" And we would immediately, Maria and I. This is before we had Roger. We would have to drop what we're doing and go and stand behind him and make a line. And he would start moving his arms and chugging like a train, chukka And and you know there was nothing actually physically connecting us. We would just have to follow him, you know, and be on the train and. Uh, without a doubt, we would end up veering off and I would go back to continue making the coffee that I was disrupted from or Maria would, you know, and and if he noticed that we had hopped off the train, he would stop and he would say, hey, get back on the train. (laughs) It would be like, oh, whoops, Uh, we better get back on the train then, you know. And the big point here is, you know, and I know this is super corny, but we are on the Jesus train, and sometimes our pursuit of Jesus, because we don't have anything that's physically connecting us and keeping us in line, like a leash or something, uh, sometimes our pursuit of Him lacks intentionality. We aren't dusty enough, if you know what I mean. But our, our following of Jesus becomes more of a dawdle or a religious association, or maybe we get distracted. It's like we stop allowing Jesus to shepherd every part of our lives. We just allow Him to be there. Why is that? We all need a reminder sometimes, like, hey, get back on the train. Come on. Sometimes we buy into this belief that claims that God does all the work and it's my job just to sit and receive, like we're just floating in an ocean of His goodness and grace on a big rubber tube. And although this is partially true because God does do the work, uh, we can't allow our pursuit of Of Jesus to become passive. And I'm not talking about working for your salvation. I'm talking about working out your salvation. In Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says in verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work. For his good pleasure, so God works in us, so we can continue in an outworking. Now let's read that again in the New Living Translation. That was the English Standard Version. He says this in verse twelve of chapter two of Philippians. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Which I just pause there. I love that because Paul knew that his influence was on them when he was around them, but as he moved away. It was going to really reveal the Philippian church's motivation. You know, we've all had those people in our lives that when they're around, we're a little sharper, we're a little more focused. Uh, But when, all of us need to come to a place where we follow Jesus ourselves, not just in the presence of an influential person, if you know what I mean. So let's continue in verse 12. Paul says, "'Work hard to show the results of your salvation.'" Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So he says, work hard because He is working in you. And I love at the end, it says, He gives you the desire and the power. It's not just us in our own strength. It's Him working in us. And, and I just want to be clear on that. You know, we're not talking about working for our salvation. Jesus completed the work on the cross, but we're talking about working it out. And it is as we surrender to God's finished work, he begins a work in us to build the desire and the power. He transforms us. This is a miracle of being born again. Guess what? When I become a Christian, I want to follow Jesus. I want to know him. That's a huge transformation. My, my my desires have changed. I've been born again. I have a desire to follow him, his word, his will, his glory. I want to get dusty, so to speak. I, I have decided to follow Jesus because he's changed my life. Amen. And as we Follow him and pursue him, we actually become more and more like him. Paul says in Philippians 1 6, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So he is doing a work in you, so let's let it work out of you. He is faithful, he will complete it. I don't know where you are at on your journey, but God is not finished with you, he's not. And at everyone's church, we follow Jesus. We pursue that completed work. We follow Him. We pursue Him. In all the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and one of the main uh, narratives throughout the Gospels is the disciples who follow Jesus. And one of them uh, that we really learn a lot about is Peter, Simon Peter, good old Peter. And the more we read of Peter... Uh, the more uh, we understand what he's like, uh, m- more than any other disciple, really, and we see a man who followed Jesus passionately, we see a man who was quick to speak and share his opinion, we see a man who was seemingly emotional at times and reactive, we some we see someone who uh, wore his heart on his sleeve. That's Peter, right? And I- And I love his journey with Jesus. It all started like this in Matthew 4, verse 17. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And in verse 20, and they left their nets at once and followed him. I mean, what an invitation to take part in what would end up being the most epic journey ever. And Peter and Andrew didn't know what was ahead of them. They didn't even really know who it was that was calling them, but they followed. Now, let's have a quick fast forward because Peter has a crazy amount of experiences with Jesus. And let's list them really quickly. Jesus heals his sick mother-in-law. He has the miraculous catch of fish. Jesus changes his name from Simon to Peter. Let's just have a moment of silence there for all those poor Simons out there. Now, he's a first-hand witness of many miracles, including when Jesus raises a little girl from the dead in Matthew chapter 9. He makes the famous declaration that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. He witnesses the transfiguration with James and John. He refuses to allow Jesus to wash his feet. Jesus predicts that he will deny him three times. He is with Jesus when he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus is betrayed by Judas, he gets so fired up, he cuts off the ear of a servant with a sword. He ends up denying Jesus three times, as Jesus predicted. And after Jesus' death, the apostles hear that Jesus' body is no longer at the tomb from Mary Magdalene. And in Luke 24, we read that Peter is the first to rush to the tomb to confirm these claims. So we're talking about an epic, epic journey. But when it's all said and done, after Jesus' death, Peter turns and says to a couple of his friends in John 21, verse three, it says, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. He goes back to what he always knew to do. He was a fisherman. He had left his nets when Jesus said, follow me. And now he had gone back and picked them up again. And and as he's there fishing, doing what he always did, Jesus appears to them, the resurrected Jesus. Jesus. And he helps them catch a miraculous catch of fish. And in John 21, verse 7, it says this, Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped off for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. So we're talking about Peter loves Jesus. He was so happy to see him. He just jumped in the water like, oh my gosh, like, it's, it's him, it's the Messiah. And they have a conversation and Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I love you. And this represents the three times Peter had denied Jesus. And then Jesus says these amazing words to him in, in verse 19 of John 21. And Jesus told him, follow me. Follow me. The same words that started the journey, At the same Sea of Galilee, where Jesus had originally found Peter, fishing for the same old fish, Jesus says, follow me. The invitation at the start was the same as the invitation at the end. And we all know this was only just the beginning for Peter, right? Now, what was Peter's response? Well, it says in verse 20 of John 21, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, which is John, which is kind of funny because... It's from the book of John. So he just refers to himself as the disciple Jesus loved. And it says in verse 21, Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? And Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, Peter, follow me. And isn't that just like us sometimes constantly turning around, looking at others when Jesus is saying to us, follow me, follow me. What would Jesus say to you today? Well, I believe he would say a lot of things, but I'm fairly confident that if he was here in front of you today, he would look at you right in the eyes and say, follow me, follow me. And that is why at Everyone Church, we follow Jesus. Are you following him today? Has your following of him become a dawdle? Have you become distracted? Come on, let's get back on the train as my son, Elliot, would say, get back on the train. Come on. His arms are open wide he, he, with grace for you. You know, when we return to Jesus, he doesn't reject us. No, he accepts us. When we come home to him, when we get back on that train, he accepts us with loving grace. Amen. And maybe you're listening to this podcast today and you don't follow Jesus. Or maybe you did in the past and you have got distracted And you have allowed the worries of the world to take you away from following him. Well, it's time to get back on the train. And I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And this simple prayer is a prayer of commitment to say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I want to follow you from this day forward. So as I pray it out loud, why don't you pray it to Jesus right where you are today? It goes like this. Dear Jesus, I pray to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin. I give my heart to you. I believe in you. I believe you came and that you gave your life on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again, and today I receive, by faith, your forgiveness and friendship. I thank you that I will enter heaven one day to be with you forever. Help me on this journey of following you. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, head to our website, everyonechurch.com.au. Let us know. We'd love to help you. Send you a Bible. Or maybe you've been part of our church for a while and, and, and you prayed that prayer of recommitment. Well, hey get to connect group, get a coffee with us. We'd love to help you get back on the train and equip you to follow Jesus because that's something we hold in very high regard at our church. Amen. Well, hey, I hope the podcast today blessed you, refocused you, encouraged you, and let's enjoy the journey of following Jesus together. Have a blessed week. Amen.